people, welcome to the Hollywood Heels podcast. I am the rock star, the renaissance man, the Duke Russo, here with the divine voice himself to talk about a lovely episode of SmackDown that we had, sir. Yes, sir. A, a pretty short episode, it felt like, but you know, uh, USA, 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 as uh, the crowd would say. Yeah, you know, this this show was uh I guess in the words of Booker T, uh no no bread, no water, all meat is what this show felt like, eh? Yes, sir. <laughs> and so the the best bit of news before we get into the show, we we got we got some news to talk about. The return of the yeet. I don't know what WWE did. I don't know if they bought it. So apparently there was some random, like, I, I think it was like an indie scene wrestler that had trademarked Yeet back in 2020 or 2021. And that's yeah. why they had stopped using it. Uh, but the Yeet is back. I don't know if they bought that copyright. They saw how quickly that Yeet merch was selling. They saw that the crowd was not going to stop Yeeting. And they're like, we got to do it. We got to pull the trigger. So the yeet is back, boys. You excited? I'm very excited. This means I have an opportunity to buy some merch. Uh, I'm definitely going to buy some as soon as I see it back on sale before it's for some reason gone again. Nah, I think we're in the clear now. You know, if if they took it away for legal reasons and then brought it back, they probably crossed every T five times and dotted every I 12 times, you know, like WWE doesn't fuck around with that. Yeah, for sure. And so the, the also next bit of news that we have, we, we have a couple U S title tournament matches to go over in this show too, in particular, but as of right now, it was announced, I don't know, maybe about two hours ago from the time that we're recording this, that we now know who the NXT superstar will be. And I, I'm very excited, and I'm a little bit surprised. Carmelo Hayes, man. How about that shit? Very interesting. You know, I guess he did come off of a win. Weird win, but it was a win. So that's, you know, bonus for him. If, is this a permanent stay? Is this just a side thing? Because it still looked like He's got business to finish in NXT, so interested to see how this all plays out in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, and I mean, it's going to be against Grayson Walla, and uh, there's definitely some history there, to say the least. So I, I think it'll be good, and I actually think that because it's him, I expect an upset, and I expect him coming out on top of Grayson here. Potentially, um, I could definitely see that just as you mentioned with the history there. But honestly, I think with the way the brackets are set up, the winner of this match is going to fight the winner of Kevin Owens versus Austin Theory. We're not going to get Austin Theory, Grayson Waller. I'm pretty sure Kevin Owens is going to go through Theory and then Waller to finally squash his beef with those gentlemen uh, to eventually move on to um, Logan Paul. All right. That is a good point. That is a good point that KO will probably end up going through both of them, but let a man dream for a hot second here. It would it would be very nice to see them push Carmelo, but then that means we either have to have Austin Theory beat 
Kevin Owens, I guess he does have an injured hand. They could play that out. But then what like I don't see Melo beating Theory in the position that they have Theory, and I definitely don't see Melo beating Kevin Owens, like just out of nowhere. I, unfortunately, he's him, but he's just not that guy, pal. I, I agree, and kind of like what we said on our deadline episode, like I've the future script is already written for Carmelo Hayes. Like he's gonna be in NXT for a minute because we've got to go through this whole cycle with Trick Williams and Trick winning the belt, and then the beef, uh, who attacked Trick, and where Melo is, and all of that. Like Melo is not just gonna magically disappear from that storyline. So obviously, no way he's winning the belt, and I agree. Like no matter who wins, whether it's Austin Theory or Kevin Owens, which Hundred percent, it's going to be Kevin Owens. Um, there's absolutely no way that Carmelo would beat either one of them and end up, you know, f- number one contender facing Bobby Lashley for you know what I mean. Like it's just ain't not happening. Yeah, I feel like depending on the order in which they hold these matches, because um, I don't know who's wrestling first next week, but I feel like if Austin Theory doesn't cost him the W. It's going to be um, Lexus King. Oh, no. Does that mean we're going to have to see that motherfucker on, the, on, on a SmackDown on um, Fox? Yes. On the same episode as your tribal chief, Roman Reigns, we're going to see no. Lexus King, brother. Yes. No, I They're can't do, do this. I can't. I can't do this. I can't do this. That, thanks for that Fox rub, bro. Like, oh, no. no. Get out of here, man. Fucking It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. I don't want it. I don't want it. We haven't had Zia Lee. Let's do the same treatment to Lexus King. But all right. So we've got the tribute to the troops smackdown here. It's in Providence, Rhode Island this year. And we start... No bread, no water, all meat. We start right in a match, man. We've got one of these U.S. tournament matches. We've got Santos Escobar versus Dragon Lee with uh, Dirty Dom observing, since this happens before deadline, he wants some intel on his uh, upcoming opponent that he loses the belt to. Um, What do you got for this match? So we also had JBL on commentary, and at first I was like, eh. I like I was a big fan of Bradshaw and the APA and then he became JBL and for the longest time I didn't even know that was the same guy because I was like I hate this guy but I loved Bradshaw and I was like what do you mean this is the same person I was very disappointed seeing him out here but as soon as Dom comes out heel commentators got to be a heel commentator and he's like oh my god hell yeah Dom's out here so he's so excited for Dom so instantly he's back in my good graces uh just for that but honestly lackluster match like it for what it could have been between these two individuals lucha libre like for what it could have been it was like it wasn't good to be honest um like i'm not saying it was a bad match but for what you would expect between these two individuals it was kind of kind of mid you know we had like a German on the outside, which was pretty cool. Dragon Lee hit like a sit-out powerbomb that he always does, which is cool. But it ended with Dragon Lee going up top. He got crotched on the ropes. Uh, Santos grabbed him, hit the Phantom Driver for a clean one, two, three in the ring, in the middle of the ring. And then Dom gets in there to kind of taunt Dragon Lee afterwards. So it's like automatic, in my opinion, 
kind of lowering the tier of the North American title because the loser of this match is going on to win the belt. I, I don't necessarily like like the way that kind of stuff plays out, but it happened and that's what we had. Yeah, I mean a lot of that is just due to the whole Wesley situation. So I don't I don't really hold that against creative or, or anything here. I, I feel like they're just trying to do the best with what they can. And and realistically, like uh with with some exceptions all the matches were abbreviated tonight because they they had more matches than they usually have on the televised portion of SmackDown. They had a lot of video segments because of the tribute to the troops thing. And then they had to make sure that they, they gave basically unlimited time to CM Punk in his promo. So this match was super fast in, in the grand scheme of things. Like, you know, it could have been a lot better. It could have breathed a lot more. But... I think because of the flow of the show, that wasn't really an option for them tonight, you know? 100%, I agree with you. And yeah, we'll, we'll get into that CM Punk bit in a minute. But yeah, he was probably upset from, I guess, what, what they say last time, that they had to cut his time short. It was supposed to, he was supposed to have an extra 10 minutes. So they definitely had to trim everybody else to accommodate Mr. Punkerton. Yep, and what we got next is the guy that his time ended up getting trimmed for. We've got Randy Orton going backstage uh, to deliver his uh, fine to Nick Aldis. And he's like, yo, why you got me teaming with LA Knight tonight? Like, I don't I don't know this dude. I don't trust this dude. I didn't even know who the dude was until last week. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, all this is like, you don't got shit to worry about, man. You want the bloodline. He wants the bloodline. That's all you need to know. And, uh, oh, why, why is, why is this check for a hundred K? The, the fine was only for, for 50 K and the Viper just drops. Oh, uh, you know, that's, that's for next time. I, I love that. Like this was a, a big, in my opinion, one of my, uh, favorite moments of the show because I, I love those small things, you know what I'm saying? He's still he's still Randy. You know, he's still kind of like, yeah, okay, well, I'll play on your side. You know, I did sign with your show, but don't for a second think that we're friends or we have any type of friendly relationship because we don't. It's it's business and as soon as I get the opportunity, I'm putting your ass back on the ground. Yeah, and I'm all for it. I I've really grown to like all this in this GM role, but you know what? I don't care. I like RKO out of nowhere, man. Like, it just just give it to me. But next up, we've got Cody coming out as Captain Fucking America, man. Um, I mean, really, he's probably the closest thing that the WWE has had in recent memory of looking like Captain America. It's just, you know, it's it's fantastic. And just not really much to say from Cody, just going over the tribute to the troops thing. It's, you know, the 21st year of it, apparently. And then they just run a tape. And that tape, you know, basically just reminded you that John Cena is the fucking man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how, I, I guess Solo spiked him into, uh, he blipped him uh, off the planet, right? Uh, but I don't know how you have a tribute to the troops and you don't have Mr. Hustle Loyalty Respect here. I'm going to assume, I'm, fuck, I'm not even going to make that assumption because I feel like he wasn't, wasn't even like 
backstage or dark match or after the show kind of do i feel like he was just purely mia and that's that's not something that is common for troops and cena like those are two words that are synonymous with each other i i, I don't know but as there was no point in having cody on this show um i guess all this didn't find him because i guess it was i guess he invited him i don't know but uh who had the longer longer promo? Was it CM Punk on the NXT show or was it Cody tonight? <laughs> uh, I actually think it would probably be CM Punk on Deadline because Cody really didn't say anything. Like he just walked out there and and rolled the tape and then walked out of there. He introduces the uh, the Army Drill team while they do some flippy flippy spinny spinny stuff, and uh, that's about it. Oh yeah, and then we we started the show off with a. Uh, with with some people singing two time Grammy nominated War and Treaty. Uh, there you go. Husband and wife. Uh shout out, you know, USA. I'm surprised they went with that song. I'm surprised what like I can't, I forget the name, but I'm surprised they didn't go with like um what would for beautiful for spacious skies or whatever. I like that one more, but that's just me. Yeah, I I like turned the show on like halfway through that because that 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 may have been the night that Shohei Otani signed so I was like bouncing all over the place with news for that or something or maybe like Shohei was about to sign I don't know I there there was definitely something baseball going on that like kind of distracted me so I kind of came in halfway into the singing intro but um what I saw was awesome so props props guys to that and then we end up in our next U.S. tournament match which was the Almighty. Bobby Lashley versus who? Karrion Cross? What? Fall and pray is what Karrion Cross was doing because he was happy that he actually got some TV time today. Um, and when he had a tiny little ponytail, it was cute, dude. I don't know why he had that tiny little ponytail. It wasn't wasn't fierce or scary at all. Um, they, I mean, they love Bobby. And you, they couldn't have loved Bobby more with his, you know, history in the army and stuff like that as well. You know what I'm saying? So he, Bobby was the facest of the faces in this shit. But yeah, he hits his little one-handed spine buster deal, hits the spear for the one, two, three. Um, what's his name? They had Bob or something, Brad Nestler randomly on commentary who i guess is the voice of cbs sports right I, like i don't i didn't know who he was until they started i guess he was casting for the army navy game or whatever that was coming up the saturday or whatever but he he either got fed some lines or knew his stuff because he was like carrying cross we haven't seen this guy since august didn't he lose to aj styles last and i was like did he what <laughs> So he he provided me some information there. So I was very, very excited for that. Looks like we're going to get Bobby and Escobar next, which leads into some talking speculation here. Are we going to get faction warfare? Because we got Bobby with two homeboys and Santos is by himself. Sounds like Santos needs some homeboys so we could get some 3v3 action to proceed us forward, which would leave Bobby on the face side of things, continuing what needs to happen of him and the street profits being faces or what if Santos takes out Bobby injures him backstage or something like that. And we get Montez to step in his place, which could also be extremely fun to see. 
Oh, I would fucking love that that one. But I think I think the likelihoods here are either that Santos isn't stupid, so before the match, he takes out Tez and Dawkins backstage. So maybe like this upcoming SmackDown is him putting them on the shelf backstage so that they can't be there to help Bobby. Or Santos loses, and this is what pushes Santos to be like, yo, I need some homeboys. Yeah, yeah, that that's what I would like to see because Bobby's going to smash this boy. Um, It's going to be bad. And I'd like for this to be the breaking point where Santos needs to go find the Phantom Squad once again. Yeah, so I, I would love for that to happen. I think it'll be a fun match. I I don't see Santos winning. I see I see Bobby coming out on top here, and I think we're going to get Bobby KO, which is going to be fun. Um, and uh, Karrion Cross just disappears again. It's funny too because like they put a lot into his entrance, you know, with the black and white, and uh, you know, it, I I feel like it was new ring gear. I feel like it was a new outfit for Scarlet, and you know, at the end of the day, it's still just Karrion Cross, and it's still just like. Like the dude on commentary who we don't even know knows anything about wrestling pointed out like, where's this dude been? Who's this dude? Like, I I don't like two things. Like if somebody told him to say that, they really don't respect this man backstage, right? Because why would you feed him the lines so that you would put down Karrion Cross? And if nobody told him to say that, and that's just how he remembers this guy, I don't know what's worse. I can also just imagine how this whole thing went down because we saw reports, you know, maybe a couple of weeks ago that Karrion Cross is upset in how he's been used or the lack thereof, really. Um, so I can imagine him sitting down in in the office and being like, "All right, you know, we we've been doing you dirty. We're gonna put you in the United States Championship tournament." Oh fuck yeah, man! That's awesome. And you're gonna lose to Bobby Lashley in the first round in the tribute to the troops in a really short match. <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna get to hit any of your moves, do any of your spots. Um, you're gonna get oh, your but- yeah, we're gonna make your intro black and white. How about that shit, dude? Yeah, and you get to, and we'll get you know your girl gets a paycheck too because she'll be out there with the entrance. So you get a double paycheck, but we're only gonna pay you like less than we normally pay you to compensate for that. So really, it's one paycheck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so get fucked. <laughs> it's kind of what oh kind of what God. happened here. So. You know, I I don't know. It, this is one of those guys that like I wonder like why they keep trying. Because he just can't catch on, you know, like there's nothing interesting about him. Um, His wrestling doesn't do anything for me. His moveset doesn't really do anything for me. His character has never really done anything for me. Like if he didn't have Scarlet, no one would remember him. Yeah, like I missed most of his NXT run, but he used to hit this. I don't know how to even pronounce. I don't know if it's a Saito suplex i think it was it's basically like a sideways suplex like a german but he would just toss these guys like right on the back of their head and necks and like it was a disgusting move it was beautiful and then he'd oh the cross jacket which is just a sleeper like uh, if he was still bald maybe like i feel like 
his character was better bald, if, especially since he got hair. Just, I don't know. He's just, he just ain't it. I don't know if he ever will be. The the thing that I'll always remember him for is is that promo with Adam Cole, baby. Uh, the whole, uh, they gave you the girl, they gave you the music, they made all this shit so you could feel special. You know what they did to make me feel special? They ring the bell. <laughs> oh, no. That's that will always be my most prevalent memory of Carrying Cross. Um but I digress. We move on to a backstage segment with damage control. We've got Bailey apologizing to everybody saying, you know, she's sorry that she went out there with Kyrie and you know what? I'll 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 keep my word this time. I'll stay in the back. And then we got Dakota Kai fake translating for the 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 Japanese gals saying, you know, Bailey, you know, you 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 should stay back. But but the rest of us, you know, the rest of us are going to go be out there in support for Asuka later in her match against Charlotte. So, but, but Bailey, you know, you, you should hang back. I did, I did love when they cut to this backstage segment and it was Asuka, like, boxing with, um, sh- not shadow boxing, but, you know, hitting the hands of Io. And they're just so hype and best friends. Oh, yeah, like, all excited. And then they all high-five each other. And then they look at Bailey and they're like, oh, I guess I got to give her a high-five. <laughs> this was this was great. I like this uh, I like this little, little, little small bit that we have here as we pr- continue down this... Uh, eventual dropping off of Bailey from damage control. And I tell you, when when she turns face, it's going to be huge for her. Like she's going to have such a warm welcome and the crowd is going to go absolutely wild for her because she's fucking Bailey and also we just haven't had Bailey as a face in what feels like forever. It's been so long and we get to get the what do they call them? The wacky, wavy, inflatable, inflatable arm tube men. Wacky. <laughs> I can't wait till she brings those motherfuckers back. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if it was Corey Graves or Michael Cole, but every time they'd pop out, they would like pretend to be scared and surprised. Like, where did those come from? I, I just can't wait for that shit, man. And you know, she'll have her BFF back, Sasha Banks. It'll it'll just be a grand old time. The Austin Hug connection soon. Now, speaking of a grand old time, this is by far the most notes that I took on this show. We have what felt like the first real CM Punk promo. He comes out, and you know, on his way down to the ring in the entrance ramp, he takes a moment and he stops to admire a world heavyweight championship replica belt that somebody along the entrance ramp has. It takes takes a minute, looks at it, and, and you know, it's kind of like, huh, I think this thing looks pretty nice. I'm surprised he didn't have spray paint in his back pocket and put an X on it right then and there because that would have been even better. Um, but then it probably wouldn't have been natural. But it would have been pretty nice. And uh, he he makes it all the way down to the ring and, you know, he welcomes everybody and uh, they keep chanting his name really loud. And he's like, you know what? You want to chant? Go ahead and chant. You know why? Because I ain't at the end of the show tonight. 
and I ain't getting my time cut. So go ahead and chant. So I, I felt like, all right, that set the tone right then and there, and it just continued. So he, he goes with some of the cheap pop stuff. He teases, you know, am I going to sign with Raw? Am I going to sign with SmackDown? Maybe I'll even sign with NXT. He teases, maybe I'll win the Royal Rumble. Maybe he'll main event WrestleMania. And uh, this is when we we get to the spicy CM Punk that he said he'll be giving him. He's like, people don't like the happy-go-lucky me, so here, here's the spicy me. And uh, he's like, all right. In, in this dude that uh, I go way back with, he says, what do you want to talk about? But it's more like, who do you want to talk about? You want me to talk about somebody who's not here? By the sounds of it, He's never here. Roman Reigns, the tribal chief, I acknowledge you. And I was like, all right, all right, he acknowledges him. But don't forget who the OG Paul Heyman guy is, which is, is something that Roman should remember. He goes through that. So we go through, you want to talk about Roman. You want to talk about, you know, oh, I, I can go at the bloodline, but they got so many cousins. They got cousins on cousins on cousins, an endless line of Samoans. I might need some backup. So then he starts talking about people that who, who he could tag with. Maybe it's a guy uh, that he has history with, a guy that hears voices in his head, Randy Orton. Will they get along? I don't know. Then he goes through L.A. Knight, yeah. He yeah. does the L.A. Knight. Um, he's like, oh, oh, I think somebody just said Kevin Owens. That, that could be interesting. Could I get along with Kevin Owens? And he's like, all right, hang on a second there. K- KO's a little, a little prickly. And, and, you know, what I mean to say is that we're a lot alike. You know, I, I, I don't know if I could work with somebody who who would want to work with somebody who just goes around punching people in the face backstage. Like, you know, uh, uh, this is 2023. That's insane. You can't be doing that. And I was like, okay, here's the CM Punk that everybody has been waiting for. And then he, he lays the bait. And the crowd didn't take it. He laid the bait multiple times for them to start singing Seth's song. And, and CM Punk, being the master on the microphone that he is, he knows how to eventually coax it out of this crowd. And they start singing his song, and he, he goes right at Seth, you know, saying that uh, he ain't even the man in his own household. And all he's got is that song. So you know what? Keep singing it. He tells us he's going to make his decision on Monday, on Raw, where he's going to be signing. And he's going to finish his story. Main eventing WrestleMania. I, I really like this. I'm, I'm happy. And I guess part like, what could have been those 10 minutes that were cut last time? You know what I'm saying? If this is what we got tonight, what could have been? Is what I what I can just think to myself. Um, I did like some of the tongue in cheek lines here. The crowd was absolutely bonkers for this man. I don't think that probably a majority of the people that were in that building fully grasped that backstage punching thing. Like I, I don't I don't think most because it did not seem to resonate 
with the crowd as much as some of these other lines did. And it almost felt like they didn't even, I guess maybe they weren't fully behind or aware of this Seth Rollins, CM Punk feud, because like you said, it took them a while to start singing and yeah, they did start singing. And when people started singing it, you know, they, they started to, you know, chime in with it, but they seemed much more. And I, I, I don't know if people who go to shows are loyal to the show. Like, I don't, oh, I'm not going to go to Raw in my city. I'm going to wait till SmackDown comes around. You know, like, it's it's WWE. Like, I watch the product. I watch all this shit. But it definitely seemed like they were more familiar with the SmackDown folk than the Raw folk, right? I don't I don't know. That's, that's kind of how it came across a little bit. So, I, my theory on that, and, and I don't want this to be a dig at the crowd by any means, but it was a tribute to the Troop Show. So, you know, I don't know the entire situation, but... I'm sure there's discounted and or free tickets to uh, people in the armed forces, which would lead to a lot of people who are either casual fans or not fans at all, really, and just wanted something to do on that night ending up at the show. So I think that's why a lot of that stuff, you know, kind of like I said in our deadline thing, I CM Punk didn't really get yes we got the big cm punk chance and yes they went bonkers for him but but the subtleties of what he was saying and what he was doing i felt went over the head over a lot of the people in the crowd especially the punching in the face because there was little to no reaction to that and i was like that was the spiciest line of the entire fucking show yeah 100 percent um, and I, I 100% also agree with you on that point of potentially some casual fans and stuff like that. And I, I, I've never been to war. I don't know, you know, what what they are fully doing over there. But I mean, if you, you know, were overseas and fighting for the country, maybe you just haven't fully kept up with the product because, you know, you had other more important things to take care of, probably. So which is know. completely OK. <laughs> Yeah, you know, thank you. Thank you for that, by the way. But yeah, so I, it all it all makes sense. But all in all, I hope we see more of this. I'm eager to see. I I don't think we're going to get an interaction between CM Punk and Roman Reigns anytime soon because I feel like he's going to be on Raw. He's going to sign with Raw and we probably won't see them on the same show together until the Rumble. And I doubt it'll be with Mike's. No, I I expect them to end up just haphazardly somehow in some sort of situation face-to-face at the Rumble. Maybe just backstage, maybe not even out anywhere. And no words said, just a face-to-face stare down, and that's all we get. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm sure Roman and Paul are going to comment on him, but... I don't know. I'm I'm eager to see where this where this does go. But I guess we'll we'll see. Oh, and I I did like uh calling Seth uh voice whiny. <laughs> I did I did like that. I thought that was really comical in my head. I made the Seth voice and I was like, he kinda does have a whiny voice. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I we had our pretty much immediate and raw reactions to Punk's return when it happened that night because it was on a PLE and uh, it was at the end of the PLE and then we pretty much immediately recorded and like I've said I've never really been a big Punk fan 
but I I like as long as everything backstage is as it should be. And I'm not even asking anybody to be best friends. I'm I'm just asking people not to be punching each other in the faces because at the end of the day, you are coworkers and and uh you know, yeah, it happens sometimes and yeah, it happens in sports and whatnot, but like let's let's try to be a little bit civilized, especially when you're taking home the paychecks that you're taking home. Um I really like how he's handled everything so far. And this promo finally made me be like, I think I can be into this. And I actually think that this Seth Punk feud is going to be one of the best feuds that we've had in a long time. Yeah, I think it's going to have great buildup. I think we're going to see a whole bunch of shit on the mic before we actually get in-ring action. And I think just, I wouldn't necessarily say the history between the two, but the similar almost paths that they took from, you know, being huge indie stars in Ring of Honor. You know what I'm saying? Having such big names be almost before coming to the WWE and then both being the top guy at one point. So I I and I think Punk is like actually going to go all out in this and and so will Seth of course like he always does. I just hope we get some time Give Seth some time to rest and relax. Let's get some fire cupping or whatever he needs to rehabilitate just a little bit so that way we can fully get that 110% Seth and not still fighting a nagging back injury or whatever might actually be going on. I mean, the, for, for that to happen, you know, it's going to take a minute because from what I've seen, he's uh, him and Cody and Dom are like, heavy on this holiday tour right now like they're somewhere tonight i already saw videos from the live show that we got seth rollins calling himself the best in the world um so i i it's maybe in a kayfabe sense they might be able to pull it off because he's not going to be wrestling on air i think a whole lot but like the dude has a wild ass fucking december Oh, man. Maybe like just going into Mania because I think it's going to be a, the, the Mania match. Just going into Mania, slow it down. That That's all I'm asking. Give the give the dude a break. That's, you know, let him go home and spend some time with his kid, bro. I'm sure that kid is just backstage <laughs> every day. <laughs> like, yeah. Man. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> between him and Becky and then. You know, even Drew mentioned it, that he sees him and his kid backstage and that's where the compassion was. But that compassion is no more. He is <laughs> that man. But oh, I, I really enjoyed this. I think this is going to be phenomenal. And then we get a little bit of afterwards. We get CM Punk uh, walking backstage and he stops in front of the Bloodline locker room and he stares at for a second, walks up to the door and then walks right into Kevin Owens. They stare down, and he's like, hey, you seen Aldis's locker room? And I thought that was a weird thing. I'm like, wouldn't it be office since he's a general manager? Um, KO's just, nope. And, uh, and then they part ways. So I don't think there's anything there because like, I think we're all 99.9% .9 sure Punk's ending up on Raw, um, even though I think Fox would love to get their claws in him here and there. But uh, I don't know. That would be fun as well. 
Yeah, I think that was supposed to just be another tongue-in-cheek reference because Kevin Owens is a longtime friend of the Young Bucks and that whole AW scene. So th- I think that's that was supposed to be where that tension is from because I don't know why else Kevin Owens would <laughs> be like that to this guy other than that being the reason, you know? Yeah, I, I that's what I thought as well. I figured it was uh, KO being homeboys with Young Bucks sort of situation, but yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to end up turning into anything. And then we end up in uh, a short match that we probably have a lot to talk about. We've we've got Charlotte Flair versus Asuka. Yeah, we get all the damage control minus Bailey coming out here, and you know. I guess they kind of get split up because Oscar's kind of walking in front of them, and but then the other members get cut off. And at first, I was like, "Who?" It's like the Power Rangers showed up because what's her name? Zelina Vega has got pink hair and she's wearing all pink, and then you know, Mi Chin's got the blue. And of course, I recognize the blue with Mi Chin, Mia Yim. But I saw the pink. I'm like, "Who the hell's that?" Like, I'm like, "Who is that?" And I'm like, "Oh, okay, it's freaking." Uh, What's her name? Zelina Vega. And I was like, okay, that makes sense because, you know, they beat their asses to stop them from joining the War Games match. And Damage Control tries to run away, but then we get Bianca and Shotzi, you know, surrounding them and they beat them down. So again, it's just, you know, essentially a one on one match between Charlotte and Asuka. And they were hyping this. It's a WrestleMania rematch and the rivalry between these two women. And I felt that. It could have been a really good match. I, I don't know if there was supposed to be more that happened, but I feel like... 100%. The, yeah, I, I feel partially like... the like So, we obviously missed a good bit of action during the commercial break, right? Like the commercial break happened, and I believe that's where the actual injury spot occurred was during the commercial break, but... I mean, she almost fucking killed herself hitting a big ass moonsault to the outside. Just just as you were mentioning, like the Kalani Jordan spot wasn't um, she didn't actually hit the table like Jordan did. But she like the corner almost hit her in the back of the head. Just stop doing moonsaults to the outside near the announce table. Do them towards the entrance ramp or don't. I guess you have to. But God, you're, you're going to end up hyperextending a knee, tearing an ACL, MCL, PCL, something like that don't like it you can you can stay in the ring oscar and charlotte like you y'all can stay in the ring and it will still be very entertaining don't worry about don't worry about it but i didn't we can clearly see charlotte's now hurt as we get back from the commercial break there's a little bit of back and forth between her and oscar and i don't know if this was on the playback or what but there was random like black flashes like the screen would go black for like two seconds and then come back for me and i don't know if it's because i was watching you know like the the playback on the app right so like i don't know if they edited something out but they commentary kept going and when the black flashes stopped they were right back in the match but i'm like that was just weird maybe it was an editing thing or whatever on my end but we eventually get charlotte trying to go for the figure eight and you can tell she's hurt. It's so slow. She's struggling to get this thing in. And I'm like, is is Asuka going to like kick her in the butt like they always do to fight out of it before she could get it? Nope. She gets it, puts a leg on and goes into the bridge. And I'm like, you know, that's got to be hurting 
Stalin more than it's hurting Oscar right now. But we get Bailey out there for a distraction. Charlotte, and she she pulls Charlotte's arm, breaks up the figure eight. Charlotte gets mad, hits the forearm on Bailey to knock her off the apron. Where Oscar uses this to roll up Charlotte for the one two three surprise victory. This is what should have happened with Kyrie last week, but whatever. And then they kind of celebrate, and Bailey's like, "I did that! I did that!" Excited, and then uh, Charlotte just looks sad and talking to the ref. And I hope she's okay. Yeah, I, um, I, I honestly watched this match multiple times night of because I was like, I was really worried for Charlotte, um, and I wanted to see like. You know, I, I've had my fair share of injuries, so I was just like kind of, you know, curious playing home doctor of like trying to figure out when it happened and like what could have happened and whatnot. And like the more I watched it and then I, I saw all the clips and I'm sure a lot of us have. I, I think I sent it to you of the, yeah. the, botch, the botch spot in the commercial break. And the thing is, is like, so for those who didn't see it, basically... Charlotte goes to get up to the top turnbuckle, is struggling to get up top to the turnbuckle, right? And she's already limping at this point. So I actually think she started the injury from the moonsault because that moonsault was fucking ugly. And that's why I don't want to see those anymore. Like, I don't want to see top turnbuckle moonsault to outside the ring, especially if it's not into a crowd of people and especially if it's not uh, on the entrance ramp area where you have a little bit more leeway because it just did not look good. She landed super hard. And even if we go back to the war games, uh, episode that we did, I'm pretty sure I was worried about her moonsault there too, because she did the same thing. She overshot it and basically nobody caught her. And I, you know, I don't know, what went wrong? I don't know. She overshot it. I don't know if Oscar was in the wrong place. I know that while she was in the air, Oscar tried to correct and end up underneath her, but it was just too far, you know. Um, so I I think she probably started it there, and then she got up to the top turnbuckle. Oscar got up as well, almost like if she was going to get up and superplex her. It the exchange was weird, and then they just fall. They just fall straight from the top turnbuckle. Charlotte falls into the ropes and she ends up like, you know, I, I don't know if she like hyperextended her, her knee while she was hitting the rope and then just straight up lands on her head in the ring. Asuka just lands like on her shoulder, if I recall. And she obviously wasn't really injured from the situation. It was a really ugly looking spot, right? And I I just... All the reports are, we don't know what the injury is yet. She knows what the injury is by now. Like she knew the next day. I, I, I can promise you that because she probably had an MRI the next day. The weird thing is, is I saw a report from Dave Meltzer that, you know, she was getting x-rays the next day and I'm like, that doesn't make sense. You know, x-rays won't show if, if she tore her ACL or MCL an x-ray won't show that she needs an MRI for that shit. And nowadays, like, medical staff and personnel, they can tell that you tore your ACL or MCL within a matter of seconds by doing a couple field tests, you know, see, you know, pulling on your knee in certain ways, asking you to push and whatnot. Like they can know really quickly if you tore one of those. So there's a high likelihood that she even knew that night what actually happened. But all the reports that we're seeing is that 
The injury is serious and concerning. She's been pulled from all the live shows, more or less indefinitely. Um, so, you know, it, it sucks. And, uh, you know, she's the queen at the end of the day. And we just hope that she gets better and we do see her on track for WrestleMania, hopefully. Yeah, like as, as much, you know, mess that I was talking when she came back, you know, no, nobody ever wants to see this happen to anybody. And my fear is with as hush hush, quote unquote, as they are being right now, if it wasn't like a double whammy and she didn't get a concussion alongside her knee. Because it looked like she was kind of on autopilot there as well. And that's, you know, kind of what we see when they have a concussion. They kind of just keep going, even though they probably shouldn't. You know what I'm saying? So I hope it wasn't a double whammy like that as well. Yeah, it was. And, you know, this is one of those situations. There's there's nobody to blame here, you know, like there's no, there's no use in looking at it and seeing, you know, did Oscar fuck up? Did Charlotte fuck up? It really doesn't matter at this point because what happened happened. And, um, it just really sucks. You know, I, I was one of the first people that you would hear say that I fully expect the belt to be back on Charlotte by the time we roll around to WrestleMania and we're going to get Jade Charlotte. We're going to get, I, I don't know what it was going to be, but it was going to be huge and it was going to involve her. And now it sounds like all of that's in jeopardy. Yeah, my my prediction now, things go well. Maybe she doesn't need major surgery. She wins the elimination chamber to get her mania match back. That would be fantastic. You know, I, I would I would love to be able to get that. And then maybe we got her winning the belt at Mania instead of defending the belt at Mania. That that'd be my guess. I I'm interested to see. I don't know if we're going to continue to have EO hold on to it this entire like I definitely think Rhea's holding on to it. I can assume we see Rhea Becky, but I don't know about SmackDown. I don't know cuz who's going to take it from EO? You know what I'm saying? Jade, Besides, I don't know. Bailey really is the only one That'd be my guess. But I feel like we're going to be seeing Bailey in a in a tag match with Sasha. I feel like maybe maybe Io is just out of the picture, and we get well. I don't know because Io can hold on to it, and we get Kyrie Oscar with the tag belts versus um, Boston Hug Connection because like that's a fire mania match right there. Yeah, yeah, that would be interesting. Uh I don't know. This is this is going to be a weird pivot point. It it just it really sucks, you know. Yeah. Uh so to move on, we've got uh Randy Orton and LA Knight backstage, you know, getting to know each other, just kind of meeting and and mingling a little bit. And we got CM Punk walks into the picture. Looks them both down and says, "You know what? Good luck tonight, boys." And that's what we got next. We've got the Viper, the Legend Killer, Randy Orton, and L.A. Knight. Yeah. Versus Solo Sokoa and him, Jim. Take it away, sir. Match was whack again. Like, I feel like, I don't know, like, I, I Bobby was out there, and I feel like Bobby, the Bobby match was my match of the night. 
because everything else just felt lackluster to me. Like this could have been so much better. And I was extremely disappointed for what this was. There was like zero bloodlinery during this episode. We didn't have Paul Heyman. We didn't have any Jimmy antics, you know, like, I, I don't know the episode. I, you know, I get troops, right. But it just kind of felt weird, but whatever we had this match um so i guess the story of this match was the relationship between la knight and randy orton there was kind of some hesitation between the two you know i believe like la knight tagged himself in and then randy very quickly tagged himself in after that and we see the finish of the match where randy is kind of being double teamed um but you know, LA Knight comes in to save him. He's eventually, and Jimmy's the legal man after Solo gets kicked out. He's about to hit the BFT on Jimmy, but then Randy spins him around one more time, essentially saving him from the BFT just to hit an RKO himself for the one, two, three. And Randy's kind of like, you know, come on, right to LA Knight. So, <laughs> but are we going to potentially see like, LA Knight, Randy Orton as a tag team? Like, are you think they're going to be friends? Because Randy does kind of need a body to take the damage for him, as he kind of was referencing with Matt Riddle previously. W- where do you think their relationship goes from here? I don't know, because when you put it that way, like, LA Knight would not be the first person I would think of because he ain't exactly a spring chicken himself you know like yeah so I I think they'll be friends because they're going after the bloodline but I don't think Randy's looking to have a tag partner right now you know yeah you know because but then it, like if they're not friends and he's not the tag partner and obviously Randy's gonna spearhead this bloodline feud and saga LA Knight is just going to be okay playing backseat as Randy moves on to get the big belt even though LA Knight you know probably wants his rematch because he got screwed just like everybody else I I just feel like it's kind of weird the fact like that like same thing that Randy asked all this why'd you put us together like <laughs> I'm, but, I'm, I'm but curious like- who who does get rematches with Roman? Not many fucking people, you know what I mean? Like Jay didn't get a rematch. Uh Sammy didn't get a rematch. Um as far as like a PL level PLE level match, uh I'm sure KO wanted a rematch after after the last one and didn't get one. Like not many Cody hasn't gotten a rematch yet. Not many people get rematches with part-time Roman Reigns. Yeah, and Literally every single one of them is still bitching about not getting that rematch. So we're we're just going to add another person to the list after Randy gets beaten by Roman that is fighting for a rematch. Like that's that's the story of SmackDown is, you know, who gets the rematch first, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. And then the funny part is the person that's going to actually take the belts isn't even on SmackDown. Show ain't. And but I think that'll be juice to that show when Cody wins and he switches brands. Um, he, I like, we need to get Cody off Raw, get him away from Shinsuke. I don't know what the hell they're doing over there, but that needs to happen. 
I'll be interested to see, you know, because obviously there's that whole Fox thing where Roman basically can only appear on SmackDown. Um, if things go according to how most of us feel like they will and Cody gets the belts, I wonder if, uh, if there's going to be some sort of similar thing or if we're just going to get Cody freely bouncing between the two. Because the weird thing is, too, like all these people that want rematches, they don't want rematches. They want revenge on Roman Reigns. You know what I mean? I feel like they want that more than actually winning the belts for most of these people. Um, they do kind of go hand in hand, but a lot of them, it's like at a personal level. And I feel like that's how it is with Randy Orton. I don't think Randy Orton wants to beat Roman Reigns to end up the universal champion. Randy Orton wants to beat Roman Reigns to bury the bloodline. And I, I can, I can understand that. And I, and that's, I agree. Everybody does just kind of want their revenge, but in my head, how the fuck you get revenge? If he still got the belts at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? Like you still going to fucking lose. You still going to get fucking pinned them, stacked them, speared them. Like you still going to get fucking Molly rocked. Like, what are you talking about? And you're going to say you got your revenge. You ain't never going to get your revenge unless you take them belts. I don't know. It, it's just, I, I kind of like having this, you know, greatness on another dimension or whatever the hell his t-shirt God level shit he'd be talking about. but. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's almost getting to be too much now because it's like everybody else kind of looks weaker and always and forever will be until somebody beats him. And then what Cody's going to beat him and then Cody's going to lose in three months. You know what I'm saying? Like, what the fuck's going to happen? I don't know. I, I hope, I don't. I don't really want a reign this long for a long time um, after this happens. I do think Cody should have a decent, you know, like six-month run with the belt. Um, but watch, it's not even Cody. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yeah, and then, yeah, it's just... I don't know, man. Like what they've done with that belt, they've made it extremely hard to have the next line of champions because nobody's ever going to be on Roman's level. I'm sorry. I love Cody. I love the story. I love everything about him. But in ring, he's not my favorite performer. So what I'm supposed? Oh my God! He he hit six crossroads this match. Like, oh, what <laughs> what are we really gonna get from him with the title reign? Like him winning it, and it's all gonna be downhill from there. I feel like. Yeah, I I don't. At this point, I don't even know who I want that belt on. Like, I don't know. It'd be kind of fun to get it on Jey Uso, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and how are we gonna? I mean, what we're we gonna do? Another fucking tag or some like uh, not tag? Another draft and Jay somehow ends up there, or do, do we have to wait a year and then Jay wins the Rumble next year, like or twenty twenty five? I should say, like I don't know, man. Like I don't. I I just don't know. Like I feel like it's like on Raw. You have a belt and a believable champion, 
but you can actually continue that lineage. I feel like you damn near need to retire this belt and go back to just one championship. Like, fuck. I, despite all this, to me, what would be the most interesting is like, what the fuck happens with Roman Reigns after this? I mean, I, I think he's going to be literally gone for like, a year like i i think he's going to be gone for a substantial time i'd say no less than six to nine months after he loses like we're not going to see him after i mean that's a normal absence from him at this point yeah like i feel like we'll probably see him come back in the rumble but even then i don't know right like i could see him being number 30 in the rumble and winning the rumble and then now it's like can cody beat him again to hold to keep the belt I feel like that's a that could play into some type of story, but then we also want Roman Rock. That's also always continues to be. Can it? Will it? Won't it? Please, maybe. You know, so maybe we can get that in there without a title. I don't know. Yeah, and and I feel like every year that we don't get that, it becomes less and less likely because The Rock in particular is just getting older and older and more and more entrenched in Hollywood, you know, that it 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 just doesn't feel very likely at this point anymore. Like, the CM Punk Stone Cold thing seems more likely because Stone Cold ain't fucking doing anything else. He ain't got other obligations. He's He's got obligations to both of his knees. That's where his obligations are, you know? Like, whereas The Rock, you know, it's like, what 13 movies is he filming right now? Yeah, and, and honestly, I think by the time we get Roman Rock... It's not going to be fight over a championship. It's going to be fighting over presidency because they're not going to be running for president. And then that's going to be the actual, you know, fucking uh, contract over a ladder match for the United States of America. That's what I'm talking about. There we go. Yeah, that would be interesting. You know, I, 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 I might throw rock a vote. We'll see. I got to hear some of his policies see what his economic stances are, but you never know. Um, yeah, so that was the show. Now, before we go, I know you got something you've been working on. Dude, yes, yes, right. So we, we didn't really talk too much about uh, this previous episode of NXT because we jumped right into deadline. Wasn't much going on, but I just had a few comments, uh, mainly the men's breakout tournament. Speaking of The Rock, though, why is his daughter all of a sudden like a figurehead in NXT? Is she, is she an official now or something? I don't know what that's about. But the men's breakout tournament i wrote down all of their little quotes because uh, we were super hype on the legal eagle who i actually didn't write down his name i don't think uh now that i think about it right but whatever it was the legal eagle but we'll, we'll start with mr riley osborne he said i'm the live wire and i'm going to cut through the competition he's a jobber all right he's a jobber he's gonna fucking lose first round he's garbage all right Remember that name, garbage. <laughs> um, we got garbage wire. We got um, Keanu Carver. He said, "I didn't come here to break out. I came here to break bodies." All right, I like this guy. I think he's gonna win, but then he's gonna lose in the second round. Right? I don't think he's gonna take the whole thing, but I got hopes for him. He's a big man. I got hopes for him. 
we we got the dumbest one here. Mr. Tavion Heights. He said, the name is Tavion Heights. Get with it. We coming from the top and we ain't leaving until that's where we stay in. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to have to pass. <laughs> if you came in at the top, just leave. You're already there. I, okay. Um, it's going to be a no for me, dog. He sounds like a flippy boy. We might see a good 450 from the guy, but I think he's going to be another oh, I, uh, Heights. I, I thought, I thought this guy was going to be ground and pound. He, he looks like <laughs> an athletic big man. <laughs> You know what I'm like? He looks like an athletic big man. Like he looks big, but I feel like we're going to be surprised when he hits that 450. That's, I just feel like you can't keep talking about, like your name can't be Heights. That, in my opinion, the way NXT names their people, he comes across as, you know, he does a 450. You know what I'm saying? Maybe just, he's, he's going to do the, the double, double moonsault. If anybody hits a double moonsault, dude, they're in 10 they're plus 10 hand run points. Yeah, 100%. Um, we have a Dion Lennox. That's weird. He, they, I don't know why they made him say these things. I'm pretty sure he's a big <laughs> swole guy, but he was wearing glasses. Instant L. All right. I'm sorry. I wear glasses, so I, I, I guess I have the right to talk this kind of shit. But like, I'm sorry. You can't be no big swole talking shit, and you wear glasses. And then he had to take the glasses off to be like competitive fury for ferocity passion work ethic unmatched did you just pick up a dictionary like like a thesaurus and just start reading out of it um jobber all right jobber um so we can't i can't even what's i think i i forgot his name i should have thank, thank you luca crucifino right he said outside of the ring i'm known as the legal eagle of the law and that will translate inside the ring when i file a motion to win <laughs> Get this guy out of here, dude. I hate this guy, but he's going on to the finals, brother. He's going on to the finals. I don't think he's going to win, but I think he's going to be the biggest heel. And he's going to have the most prominent heel run of everybody in this breakout tournament. Because he's basically the Ariana Grace of the men's. Pretty much. The Lola Vice, but not going to win it. Because that's another thing. We, I forgot that Lola Vice won that breakout tournament and she still has a match with Lyra. Remember how we were just talking about like, who's a top heel for Lyra? Yeah, fucking Lola Vice, who actually has a contract for a match that I forgot she was even on the damn show. They, they really do have a lot of women on this show. Um, and then we have um, Miles Bourne, last of a dying breed, 2024 this is my year and I'm going to make my mark jobber. All right. He sounds like another flippy boy, uh, but yeah, jobber losing in the first round. And we have probably my second favorite. Uh, this is going to be what's his name's uh, best friend. Ray Bear Hill. <laughs> oh my God. He said, sweeping through the trees, uprooting, changing the landscape. That is what Trey Hill's bringing. What? What, what are you bringing? <laughs> I'm slept. I'm done. But my favorite, my favorite, my pick to win it all. And if they don't, if they don't give this man everything, this man to the moon, Cameron Grimes style, and I'm going to throw the accent on as best as I can for Oba Femi. He said, I am the ruler, the destroyer. And to every single man, I will allocate my judgments accordingly. <laughs> 
(laughs) He better win it all, bro. He better win it all. Okay, so my pick for the finals. Now, we don't know the bracketing. While you've been doing this, I've been Googling all over the place. We we don't know what the first matches are going to be. We don't know the bracketing yet, right? But my bets for the final are going to be Obafemi and Trey Bearhill, man. I can I can see that. I, I can see them wanting to give Trey Bearhill something because I I feel like they ha- like I can see him and Eddie Thorpe becoming tag team champions. Uh, another what's the word, uh, underutilized division in NXT for some reason, when they used to have damn near a bit like better than the main roster at some points, tag team division. That's just been forgot about with Tony D and the family who are, who are great in the ring. I just feel like they're missing a little bit of something. I don't know. Well, they, they brought up some of the best tag teams recently between Creed brothers coming up and then even go back, you know, not even a year ago, what, probably like 10 months ago, War Raiders, um, you know, a a lot of them have moved up recently. So I think that plays a little bit of a role in it, but yeah, I don't know. The booking there is kind of weird. Well, yeah, um, I think the only other thing that happened on this show was some more of that Chase Hill or Chase Hill, Chase U crap. And he owes hundreds of thousands of dollars. And once I ran out of my own money, I started spending university money. And then I did th- think it was cute with what's his what's his friend's name? Damn it. Uh, Hudson. Duke Hudson, he's like, so so how can I help? I'm not selling my trophy, but how can I help? <laughs> I like that. And then Thea Hale has the crush on some random guy who I don't think we've ever seen before. So I, uh, it's just getting, it's literally turning into like... I, I just don't even want to talk about it because it's so fucking dumb. Like they had so much potential and they had a huge opportunity to do something phenomenal here. And then they just made it the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. Like I, I feel like it's, it's got to come full circle and like somehow something like I, I'm just baffled at how it went so high, so low, so quick. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I do know that like the guy that uh, Thea Hale was enamored with in the class. I think that was Riley Osborne, if I'm if I recall. Oh, the live wire who's going to cut through the competition, the biggest jobber of the bunch. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So you know, there's that. And then, all right. So one last thing I want to talk about is a match that we're getting on Monday Night Raw that I am shocked that we're getting. Do you know what one I'm talking about? I don't. I don't. I I can't even think about it. What what, what we got? The shoes girl herself, Maxine Dupree, against Rio Ripley. What the fuck? Is it a title match? Uh, it is a non-title match, and because it's a non-title match, like it should be a title match because it's going to be a squash match. But since they're explicitly saying it's a non-title match, I'm like. By some weirdness, does Maxine fucking win? That's that's usually how that shit happens too. Like, I mean, Dom crazy. just lost. Yeah. So I, I, dude, like, 
first off, congratulations, Maxine Dupree. Like you, you're you're in the ring one on one with Rhea Ripley. How fucking wild is that? Yeah, talk about fucking zero to a hundred real quick, like on the come up. For real, man. Like Gable Sensei must be so proud. And have we had Judgment Day Alpha Academy? I don't. Did, I don't think so, right? Or did I? Am I forgetting that? I don't know. Because I God. feel like that's that's some fun stuff right there. Like we've had so be, much random shit. I know. I don't know, but I would be for it. You know, give me, give me Otis Priest. Give me Gable Finn. Ooh, that sounds really fun. I mean, you know, we got to start off with Otis and JD. You know, we got to start off with that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Otis, JD, Otis, Dom. Otis, JD, and then Dom, Gable. And then Otis and and Gable win and then thus move up the ladder and then they get Priest and Balor. Not as the tag, but individual matches. Like, dude, this is like months worth of fodder if they really want to go at this. But Maxine fucking Dupree against Rhea fucking Ripley. I cannot believe that. Like, wow, that is amazing. I love Maxine. I think she is one of the best, like, character people on the entire fucking show i feel that way about everybody in alpha academy and this is just wild dude yeah yeah i'm more hype now because we can see where the hell this goes so hopefully we get to see some good good tag action coming from this hopefully we get to see um our truth inside of that golden triangle of yes. Alpha Academy, Creed Brothers, or Diamond Mind, and New Day. Hopefully, we get to see R Truth mix in with some backstage stuff when they're beefing against Judgment Day. Hopefully, this leads into like some giant four way matches, like between all the parties. That'd be really fun as well. I can see R Truth getting pissed that they're like not letting him in the Judgment Day, and then him stealing the briefcase. Dude, he yes, he needs to steal the briefcase. I need him to show up, like. Um, cause he already kind of had like a, like, what did he have? Like a, a jacket or something. He had some, some, t- something on that was like judgment day esque recently. Cause he was trying to support them. I need him I to start he was wearing getting, a mommy shirt or something, something like that. Right. I need him to slowly get further into it. Like come out next week and have like, uh, uh, some mascara on or like something like just further get deeper into his emo phase. You know what I'm saying? Go full Jimmy oh. Butler. I just, I just came up with a brilliant idea. He should, they should go to cash in the briefcase, but when they open the briefcase, there's no contract. It's just jelly rolls. Jelly rolls. Oh my God, dude, that would be amazing. And it's a, it should have a handwritten note from our truth like, don't worry, guys, I'm keeping this safe. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I got you some jelly rolls here. They're, they're award winning multi platinum jelly rolls. <laughs> oh my God. And he's like, oh. and then, then they like come backstage and they're like, where is it? Damn it, our truth, where is it? And he's like, I thought I put it here. <laughs> what you mean? I thought it was back in the briefcase. Oh no, like God, they, they got so much money on their hands right now. Yeah. I'm excited, dude. Uh, we had some stale moments a couple months ago, but I'm, I'm 
getting really excited. And the crazy thing is, I'm getting excited, and there ain't nothing fucking happening for a while. Yeah, like we're we're just I'm I'm like more hype about Raw than SmackDown uh, at this at this time. Well, my dog, take us home. And with that, with our excitement, we hope that did flood into your senses and make your lives just a tad bit less miserable. We will catch you next time. Speaking of that raw action with that raw action, hopefully it is uh, very interesting. Hopefully we do get to see the signing of Mr. Punkerton on that show. But until then, we hope you stay safe and enjoy the day. Yeah, and say a prayer for Maxine. And Charlotte. And Wesley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Goodness. Be, be easy, y'all.